It's 10 a.m., which means it's time for Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning. It is Utah Car Sense presented by Mark Miller Subaru. I'm Austin Horton with Jeff Miller, as you just heard, and Eric Jensen is producing for us today. Happy January 11th. We are 11 days into 11 the year. 11 days into the year, and we're still all alive. Has it been the best year of your life so far, Jeff? It's been a great year. Has it? <laughs> best really 11 days ever, huh? I got to go watch some junior jazz basketball this morning. It was good fun. What, what age group? Kindergarten. Oh, my gosh. It's That's like amazing. The, it's like the most hilarious thing you'll ever see. It's just chaos of herds of kids and a ball just it's amazing that ball doesn't knock out two or three kids a game <laughs> it's bigger than they are oh yeah the ball comes out kids get hit in the face it's, <laughs> it's so funny i try to get them with the wristbands uh-huh so they try and put like colored wristbands on them so they can guard the wristbands and the kids have no idea <laughs> like okay you're guarding the guy on the red they don't even know what guard means <laughs> they're just down there just to run around, around. Uh, it's, it's great it was, oh. lot, it was a lot of fun and there's no there's no I'm traveling a, i'm rules. an assistant coach oh are you i am are you in charge of how many timeouts you have left and yeah, keeping track of, of fouls? Really, really important stuff. Deflections. <laughs> Deflec- Lots of deflections in the kindergarten junior uh, Skip passes. Yeah, That's yeah. funny because um, the uh, the head coach of the team is my brother-in-law. Okay. But my brother-in-law is the head basketball coach at Judge. Oh. <laughs> and a former assistant coach to Randy Ray at Weaver State. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. So we have a pretty good coach. And then the and assistant then you got coach. me as the assistant coach, and really bring you can the, crunch some numbers for yeah, bringing the coaching skill level down quite a bit. But You're good at the marketing. I figure at the kindergarten level, I can handle it. <laughs> I think that that it's more about getting them to pay attention. You know that right, 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 right. You know that show uh, uh, Hard Knocks yeah. on HBO. I would pay a monthly subscription for a Hard Knocks version of like a kindergarten like junior, junior jazz, jazz program. Oh, how funny would that be? It would be really funny. Oh my gosh, it'd be inc- the kids are the kids are the the earth's gift. I love yeah. kids. They're amazing. So I got to say though, shout out to the junior jazz program. Like they do a great job. Yeah, it's man. It's a great setup. I mean, the kids show up. They're they had like their own jerseys on the ground, basketballs on it with like marker they write their own name on their basketball. So everyone got a jersey and a basketball and we got there. Like it was it was really cool. Did you uh, participate in junior jazz? Girl? I did. Yeah, when I was little. I didn't really start playing basketball till I was probably twelve or thirteen. Though. Oh, really? Yeah. You said when you were little. Yeah. That's. I was like twelve when I probably started playing basketball. Why? Why'd you wait so long? I was a ski racer. Oh. Uh, That'll take up a lot of time. Take up all the time. Yeah, uh, I was part of the junior jazz program. All my siblings were. I'm sure most people listening to us participated or have kids in it now. And Andy Martinez and his group, they they kill it every year. They're doing great with that that What's program. Like the largest junior basketball program in the country, something like that. Nate Martinez, sorry, not Andy, but yeah, it's the largest youth basketball program in the United States. And why wouldn't? Why shouldn't it be? Well, I mean, you think like the junior Lakers? Nope. Nope. They got the beach. <laughs> we we are basketball here in Utah. No. Indiana, move on out. It's We've got a gym on every corner. That's true. Because of the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints. Come on. That's true. We are the basketball capital. Uh, you would think we'd have more NBA players coming out of our ranks, but not so. I won't get not into, so. I'm not going to get into that. I, that was supposed to, yeah. <laughs> We're off to a rip-roaring start. All right, uh, if you want to be part of the show, we would love to have you. 855-340-ZONE, 
three four ozone. Everyone that calls in and reacts or comments or shares a, a question or story with us will be entered to win a four pack of VIP lounge movie passes at the end of the show. Eight five five three four zero zone. When we last left you, Carlos Gozin was on the lamb in Lebanon. Still on the lamb. He's still on the lamb, but we have learned. Remember last week the the escape story had nineteen different versions of it, and now it's been more or less confirmed that Jeff, what you were saying last week, he hired uh, uh, some. Ex-U.S. Ex-military guys. guys. Ex-military U.S. guys to sneak him out of the country. Some ex-fill guys. They, they, they stunted as a band, or there was a band that came and played for a party or whatever, and then these guys were part of them, and they had this giant musical equipment case that they stuffed Carlos Gozin in, wheeled him onto the plane, bribed or, or threatened people at the airport to let him go, and now he's free in Lebanon. And I don't, I don't think he'll. I don't know. You, you tell me if I'm crazy. I don't know that he's going to last that much longer, because think, when Interpol, you think he's going to get taken out or get caught? I think they prefer he get caught, obviously. Yeah. But when Interpol has a red profile on you, and maybe this is too Hollywood. Maybe I am believing in stuff that is too too fairy tale to be true. But if Interpol has a red on you. And now they're putting a red, they're trying to put a red on his wife. Okay. And then they'll do his kids, yeah. his neighbors, his aunts, his yeah, uncles, his cousins. To catch everybody. Yep. They will hurt you where it takes to hurt you to get you to, to come in. But if Interpol is doing that and you've done so many bad things to a lot of powerful rich people, come on. It's true. And the problem is Carol, so his wife, she's also entangled the allegations. So in one breach of the trust charge. He's accused of moving $5 million from a Nissan to a dealership and then into companies including one headed by his wife, Carol, and controlled by Gosen. <laughs> she said in an interview that she knew nothing about her husband's business dealings and has been cleared. Of course. Yeah. Her name was just on it. Yeah. That's, I mean, reminds me of uh, Shelly Meyer and Urban Meyer. Urban knew nothing of this. Come on now. We know about, we know better than that. Or uh, uh, Coach Patino. At Louisville. I didn't know these things were going on. That's my assistant coach's deal. All right, sure. It's your program. It's your business. You know what's going on. Uh, so I don't know. He, he's he's there. in, a, But he's also left behind in Tokyo other people, like the, the, the former Nissan executive, uh, what's, what's his name, uh, Greg Kelly. He's also, he's been charged and held in Japan with assisting Gosen, and he's stuck there. Yep. So Carlos Gosen got himself out and left this guy behind, and they're going to give him the full rap if Gosen doesn't isn't found or or uh, comes forward. This is a bad dude, man. It's not good. There's <laughs> it, a little bit of corruption going on. A little think, bit. I think uh, Ron Howard and Scorsese like him though, so we'll we'll have a good it's movie coming. Be a out good of this. movie at some point. Uh, what what good stuff is happening at Mark Miller Subaru this week? What'd you guys have going on? So new year, just kind of new start. We still have, we have great inventory. That's the nice thing too, is we finally have a really good inventory on the ground. Outbacks, twenty twenty Outbacks, twenty twenty Legacies. We're really going to start launching that now. Now that we're through with Share the Love, okay. They're counting up the money. We don't know how much yet, but they're counting up the money. Still, still counting that. Yeah, though we'll find out the number for the because they have they give they give the customer anybody who's bought a car has until the end of January to pick their charity. Oh, okay. So, so they, they can so they can't total it up until everyone picks a charity. So th- we spend the next month 
going through all our people who haven't picked yet, calling them back and trying to figure out who they're going to give their money to. Okay. Well, we'll get back uh, into that a little more. We'll find out what's going on with the 2020s. We've got also some news about uh, smart roads and coming to Utah, helping to decrease traffic. What's that all about? We'll talk about that in a little bit. But right now, 855-340-ZONE, 855-340-ZONE. Sean is our first contestant and caller here on the show. Good morning, Sean. Hey, good morning, guys. How are uh, you? I wanted... Uh, excuse me? I said, go ahead. Yeah, how are you? Okay, I am doing great today. Um, last week, you were talking a little about a little bit about auto sales numbers. Um, and since you guys are all Subaru guys, it sounded really nice that Subaru is still headed up. But I think in the way you were describing it, you missed a really, really big story. Okay. So... About six months ago, I read an article that said that worldwide auto sales have plateaued. And then when you started talking about the overall sales numbers, you, I believe that you said that overall sales numbers last year were flat compared to the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, then maybe 20 minutes later on your show, you were talking about the ride sharing services like Lyft and Uber and so on. Um, I suspect that a big reason that the auto sales have plateaued is that there are a whole bunch of people living in cities around the world, which is not relevant to the way Salt Lake operates, but a whole bunch of people living in big cities who don't feel like they really need a car or maybe they would have had two cars and they only want one now because they can do a lot of their local travel using the ride services. It's, a, it's an interesting... But there's a corollary to... Yeah, go for that. Huh? Keep going. Yeah, keep going. I'll comment. So there's a, well, the, the local comment is that Salt Lake is a really sprawling city, and so it's kind of hard to get by if you don't have a car that's got decent range and, right. and so on. But there's a corollary to that, which is that I think that especially among younger people um, who do own cars, there's you know, increasing interest in owning cars that are really, really eco. And what that's going to mean is that if overall car sales are flat, then the companies that are really wedded to um, big, low-mileage cars are going to start steadily losing customer base. And the companies that are really concentrating on, on um, either electric or hybrid cars are going to gain customer base at the, at the expense of the bigger companies. And... And so that's, that's a hypothesis. It's you know, a, come back a, 10 years from now and see what happens. It's yeah. a very, yeah. I and mean, that's the logical way to look at it. And I would agree with you 100% from thinking. a logic yeah. standpoint that that's the way it should happen is that is the market's flat at 17 million cars, which they're expecting over the next two, three years that you're going to stay in that 16.5 to 17 million range, which is going to be a flat market. And right. so you'd expect the plug in hybrids, the electric cars, all that market to increase while the SUV big market to go down the crazy thing yeah. is last year crossovers mm-hmm. and suvs had record years mm-hmm. and sedans had the yeah, worst sedans had their worst year ever you're that's correct as far as i know too but 2020 is the year where we're going to start to see plug-in hybrid um crossovers and doesn't doesn't subaru now actually have a plug-in hybrid crossover or yep. big I- I drove it. Yeah. I drove it here today. I'm driving the it's a new yeah, it's a cross truck. Yeah, I've been talking about yeah. it a number of times, you know. And but it's still it's, the problem is that even the manufacturers that are building those are not mm-hmm. building them in volume yet. 
They can't they yeah. can't get battery prices down to the price where they can build them in volume yet. So they so it's not going to be mainstream. And people are still scared, which they shouldn't be because the mileage on a plug-in especially it does, the, the mm-hmm. fact that they they see oh it only gets 17 miles on an electric engine that's not going to be enough I'm never going to use it but they don't understand the fact that it's that commuting between the freeways and things like that where you don't use gas mm-hmm. I mean yeah, it's, it's clear that for the general population it's hard to understand the they just, the equation that makes the plug-ins work but they don't understand you know, the like, economy think there's probably a lot of people around the city who are listening to you and. Yeah. You talk about how good the Subaru product is and so on. So Yeah, and they got a plug-in RAV4, and Nissan's got one. I mean, that, the idea is that's going to become more and more mainstream. And I agree that you're going to see plug-in and that technology increase. The question is that the speed that it does it. And I don't – Sure. It's going to be a slow roll, unfortunately. That, and it's a very sad thing. Is that driven thing. by the customers, or is it driven by the executives at the auto companies? I think it's driven by the customers that drive the executives. If the okay. if the executives could sell a million plug-in hybrids right now, they'd make a million mm-hmm. plug-in hybrids. If they could sell at the price they have to sell them, right. if they could sell that many, they would sell them. The problem is okay. they they can't. There's a reason why they are still having some tax credits go yeah. out on some of these. Type I mean, of right, cars. in order to get someone to buy the Subaru, there's a forty five hundred dollar tax credit. Mm-hmm. Right. That without that forty five hundred dollar tax credit, it probably doesn't make sense. Yeah, you got to dangle a carrot out there. Right. To, get to buy it. I mean, are you going to buy a thirty six thousand dollar Crosstrek? Sean, Sean, yeah. Sean, and I and you might because yeah, we're we understanding. We understand it, the benefit. But the general of it. public, like Sean was talking about. But once you knock forty five hundred dollars off that, now it's in the ballpark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Now it makes sense. Well, you know, you could just add to all the pure gasoline cars the amount that we actually spend in military protection for oil coming out of the Middle East. And that would normalize everything really quickly. That would be very easy to do. If you got rid of all the wars, we'd have a much better budget. Sean, you're not okay, running guys, for president, are you? Because uh, I'm I looking for a better for candidate president. to vote no, for. No, I, okay. I like, can't remember names to save my life, so I have to stay out of anything political. I have well, that's, a key that's deficit in that area. <laughs> I mean, there's a really interesting article you should read, uh, Sean. We won't, I won't get too deep into it, but it's on Automotive News on the front page today. Talking about uh-huh. the soaring SUV, the title of it, Soaring SUV and Crossover Sales Could Conflict with Climate Policy. And it talks a lot about what you're Thank talking you. about. And, I mean, uh-huh. They get into kind of like BMW. Like BMW is planning right. to launch 25 hybrid and electric cars by 2023, with more than 12 of the models being fully electric. They expect by 2025, mm-hmm. half of the cars they make will be hybrid or electric. So well. it's coming. It's just a matter of whether the public's going to be ready for it. And a lot of it's going to be driven by policy in Washington, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And it's, a lot of it's going to be drawn by who gets in the White House in, Dece- in November. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. It's going to be a really big, a big part, part of, of it. it. Who's president for the next four years? I wanted it to be Sean. Right. So, so Sean, <laughs> so we let, we need you to run, please. Uh huh. We're going to start smart. the Utah Car Sense Pack. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, yeah, I've wouldn't. got, uh, let's see, a candy bar and a let's stick see of what gum. I got on me, uh-huh. uh, Eric. What do you have? You got some bees tickets or something? I don't know. I have like two dollars. <laughs> We're going to give out oil changes for support. <laughs> some pennies. <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks for listening, Sean. Sean. Thanks for thanks calling. Guys, I appreciate your support. I listen to your show almost every Saturday morning while I'm doing my shopping, and I think you're fun. My Talk man, thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. Great, great call. A, a very uh, educated man, yeah, very learned person. It's, it's such an interesting thing because I think for our environment's sake, that would be awesome. I mean, the faster we can get plug-ins and electric and get that technology going, I just worry about battery prices coming down fast enough. And that's the issue is that the batteries have to get cheaper. Mm. And why would they? 
more production lowers prices. Right. So as people big, build more battery plants and things like that, the hard part about it is a lot of these batteries, certain chemicals that go into these batteries and are dependent on global supply chains. Mm-hmm. And right now we have policies out there that are limiting global supply mm. and limiting global trade. And it's putting the kibosh on it. I mean, one thing that really would have helped would be the, was the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Yeah. Well, you have to get some stuff moving there. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of that stuff comes from that those areas, and it, that's a big issue. You touched on something that during that phone call, though, that I think a lot of people, myself included, still kind of shy away from. I, I, Jeff, I would love nothing more than to rid myself of dependency on fossil fuels, to be an all-electric, all-solar panel, all-wind-power type uh, energy family. Uh, but... When it comes to the vehicle, if I were to get an, an electric vehicle, it's not going to do the job I need it to do yet at the price that I can afford. I mean, they got to get the part where they can truly sell a $30,000 car that's decent sized that can get 250 miles minimum. Minimum, yes. In, because in the worst in the worst standards. Okay, yeah, right. Right. I mean, I think you could, I mean, most people aren't Using a car like that to go on a vacation, so right? Most sure. For commute, but most people's, a lot of people's commutes are up to 100 miles a day. Oh man, I'm sorry for anyone that that's your commute. Right, I that's mean, terrible. I mean, we had some people working late and living late and working Sandy. That's a pretty good commute every day. Yeah, that's about Probably 30 miles each way, 35 miles each way. About 40 to 50. 40 to 50. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it makes it tough for that. But I mean, if you have a car that gets 200 miles, plug it in every night, you'll be fine. Mm. But once that car gets 80 or 70 miles, now you get worried about it. Yep. And no one wants to get stuck in a car in traffic and have their car run out of battery. Yeah, right, that's exactly. Where the, that's where the plug-in hybrids are so great is it just it, it mixes the best of both worlds. Well, and the other fear I would have is if I get an, elect- an all-electric car, I need to then put solar panel on my house. Mm-hmm. So if I ever lose power, I can still drive around town. Yep. And I so it's just – it's the costs – Add up on top of each other, and I wish that I could afford to do it, and mm-hmm. I just can't, and therefore I'm hurting the the climate. Yeah. That's what I love about the plug-in is that, I mean, with the gas mileage, so I plug in every night, and I plug in at work. The gas mileage I get on that car every day for the last two three months has averaged about 67, 68 miles a gallon. That's On insane. a 13-gallon gas tank, so I'm getting an 800-mile range. That's terrific. That's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Like, I rarely fill up with gas. Like, I don't even know where gas station and you've looks got, like anymore. But you, you've got solar at your house and at work. Uh-huh. So if something were to happen, there there you yeah. go. But worst case, if something were to happen, I run out you've of power. You've got it's, gas. It's a, it's a gas engine. And and that's why plug-ins make a lot more sense right now to me than all of electric. 855-340-ZONE from uh, our first caller, Sean, to second caller, Harley is back on Utah Carson's. Good morning, Harley. How are you guys doing? Good. Thanks right. for calling in. Hey, uh, I had a question, but before that, I just wanted to make a quick uh, uh, side note to the conversation you were having. I, I heard that the uh, the carbon footprint and, and the nuclear waste made by making all those lithium-ion batteries for those cars were pretty astronomical, and were, were kind of a white mm-hmm. elephant that nobody wants to talk about, is that to make those lithium-ion batteries that basically make the, you know, electric cars go is something that is kind of scary and leads to a lot of nuclear waste. So, interesting. You know, that that might be an unknown factor that people want to look into when they're talking on getting into electric and being, you know, 
Mother Nature friendly. <laughs> and, and you're talking about the production of the battery, not yes. not after we dispose of, which I think we all understand. A no, battery sitting no, in a landfill no, is not good for Mother Earth. Of it. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Okay. yes, the actual production of it. So I've heard that the production of it is kind of like under wraps, which, you know, I've done some research and there's really not a whole lot out there. I can't speak on it. You know, I don't want to speak on it until I'm completely informed. So I come off kind of like a, you know, jerk. But no, <laughs> at any it. rate, I got you. just putting it out there, I've, I've heard that there is quite, quite a lot of, uh, you know, not good things happening for Mother Nature when you're making the batteries, lithium-ion batteries. Uh, and, and we'll let you get to your second point there, but I just want to make a comment there. I don't know that there's a lot of things that we make and produce in this world that are exactly clean and friendly to Mother Nature, but it's all about exactly. reducing how much we're we're putting out there. And if that's true yeah. what you're saying, then, yeah, the things need to be looked into and changed. But good point. Thanks well, for pointing out day. that side. Well, and at the end of the day, you just can't beat a bicycle, you know, jump on it and go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> but at any rate, <laughs> my, uh, my question is, just because I was driving down the road and it occurred to me, I have a diesel, it's a 2015 Dodge Ram, uh, 2500. Anyways, uh, I was thinking about putting in some additives in for the first time, you know, the, you know, the fill-up additives when you're doing a fill-up and for the injectors and stuff. And I was just wondering if is there a is is there a difference when you're putting them into the winterized diesel fuel as opposed to the summer? You know what I mean? What they say, hey, you should probably not mix that with winterized diesel fuel. Meaning, are, are you asking should you flush the winterized out before you put in the other? Is that is that what you're asking? No, I'm just saying because like when I go to the tank now and get a fill up with my truck, it says, Hey, this is winterized winter fuel. fuel. You get the winter. Right. I don't think it makes a difference. I don't I, think I've so never either. heard anything about that making a difference. Yeah. I just want, yeah, I just was curious. I mean, those, if you what guys those additives have do are on top of, of the fuel anyway. So it's not going to make a difference what fuel it's mixing with. I think yeah. they just add, they add like kerosene or something to the winterized and it's not, it's a, it's not, it's not, it, you will be fine to, to mix them together. It won't be a problem. Yeah, I just was curious if you guys uh, if you guys had any input on it. I was just driving down the road listening to you guys and thought, yeah, I'll just call in and ask them for giggles. But <laughs> at any rate, uh, yeah. that was it. Enjoy listening to your guys' uh, show. It's always fun to get little tidbits of information here and there that you don't know. So, Thanks, Harley. Appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for calling in. Uh, I wish I had a cool name like Harley. It's a cool name. He, every, his whole life, he, he, he goes into any room, any building, any conversation, and he wins the name game. <laughs> He's Harley. Well, who are you, Fred? You know Bob, I'm Harley. You know what he said when I when I picked up a phone back uh. here? I was like, so what's your name? And he was like, Harley, uh-huh. like the motorcycle. Right. And how, I was like, oh, my gosh. How dude, just way to own that name. I want a name like Harley. I'm Austin, like the city. Yeah. Well, what I usually get is, uh, like the Blake Shelton song? No. No. That's embarrassing. Like like, like the hero of the Alamo, Stephen F. Austin. Come on now. All right. Anyway, Harley. Pretty cool name. So he did bring up a point about Jeff. the carbon emissions stuff. I mean, <laughs> okay. The footprint on the lithium, for everything I've read and looked at, yeah. there's still a carbon footprint, but the benefits of the battery versus an internal combustion engine far outweigh the footprint of the cost of the lithium battery. What the car is putting out yeah. into the well, atmosphere. Saving yeah. What it actually drives is that... Where the, you really ran that was nickel. Okay. When it was mining the nickel, when it used to be nickel batteries, 
then it was a huge issue that it was it took so much effort and work to do a nickel battery that they wasn't nearly as environmentally friendly and that's why they've gone to lithium that's, ion. Moved, that's why everyone's moved off nickel batteries to lithium ion batteries. can you even get a nickel battery like anymore the original priuses were all nickel yeah wonder what you could trade that in for what's the what's the going rate of eight pounds of nickel right now how much could you scrap that old battery for i don't know well uh, uh nickels aren't aren't what's the most useless coin the penny right doesn't it cost like more than one cent to to make make a penny but nickels can't be far off from that i don't know so but your 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 the point remains making a lithium-ion battery it costs the u.s mint 1.67 cents to make a penny (laughs) why are we still making pennies i had a roommate in college that threw his pennies in the trash (laughs) just would throw them away it costs a seven cents Uh, to make a nickel see there we go there we are are dimes cheaper? Come on, dime. Do us a do only us a solid. Three, it only costs three point nine cents to make a dime. All right, there's where we're getting our profits back. Yep, nine cents to make a quarter. Oh, so all right, so it's we're we're coming out ahead. A little bit. I think all of our money should be paper. What about those gold uh, Sacagawea coins? Can you still get those? They only cost four point nine cents per dollar. Okay. We're we're making we're making some hay now. See. All right, it's Utah Carsons. And like Harley said, these are the little tidbits that you get here and there during the show. 855-340-ZONE. Sean and Harley are entered to win a four-pack of Megaplex VIP Lounge movie passes from Mark Miller Subaru. You can as well by calling and sharing a comment, question, or story with us. 855-340-ZONE. Tesla did something that, uh, for, for whatever reason, it is burning me more than anything they've done to date. What did they do this time? We'll tell you about it next here on Utah Car Sense. You're listening to Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back. It is Utah Car Sense. Enjoying this uh, somewhat blue sky January day. A little bit of a haze out there. but Open the blinds. uh, We should. I think that's on your end over there on your side. Uh, it is uh, Utah Carson. This is Jeff Miller. I'm Austin Horton. Eric Jensen taking your phone calls at 855-340-ZONE. And before we uh, get back into the car stuff here, Jeff, Eric is a big NFL fan, has an NFL podcast, writes about the NFL. He's a big-time Broncos fan. And the NFL playoffs roll along today. And the Eric, Denver Broncos. <laughs> yeah, you see, a, you a, see a Simpsons episode? Yeah, it's, it's a sad life. <laughs> the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Marge, you know nothing about football. <laughs> uh, my Titans. They're going to win today, right? They got you, a shot. You had no confidence in the Titans beating the Patriots. What are you talking about? I you picked were, them to beat the you Patriots. Did you, I did so. I think they've got the formula. They've got the formula, which is keep the ball out of Lamar Jackson's hands. Mm-hmm. And if they can just pound that football with Derrick Henry like they did against the Patriots. Yeah. I mean, if they're going to have to – Ryan Tannehill is going to have to play a lot better. Titans lose by two touchdowns. Going to have to play a lot better. Stop it. I think the Ravens win, but I think it's a shootout, and I think it's close. I think it's like 
I like it. You would not make it as a Vegas bookie. Uh, I think that uh, I did on the Tony and Austin show pick okay. the Titans, or the big show, rather, to pick the Titans to beat the you Patriots. spread is, year. right? Uh, it's like six. I think it's ten. ten. Yeah. Double-digit playoff spread. There's two double-digit playoff spreads this week. Titans! Give me the Titans to cover. <laughs> the, Chief, <laughs> the Chiefs are ten points over the Texans, too. Uh, that's, I like that one better than the Ravens-Titans. Te- I think the Chiefs are going to blow the away only the close, Texans. The only close yeah. game they're predicting is the Packers Hawks. Can you actually? I, I, I need. I'm going to need that lower just bright. a little bit because it's now right in my eyes. Uh, the the NFL playoffs though, Jeff. Where do they rank on your? That's that's fine, right there. Thanks. Where do they rank on your professional sports playoffs? Are you an NBA first guy? NBA is the above, best. They're above hockey. <laughs> okay, well that's that. <laughs> all right. But, uh, they're NBA then NFL. Okay, see, I'm I'm baseball first. I like baseball playoffs. Yeah, I do. I mm-hmm. do enjoy baseball playoff, but it somehow gotta, moves faster. I gotta have a team in the game. Okay, I I can't watch baseball playoffs unless. Who I, is your baseball team? Dodgers. Yeah. Remember, you don't like me because of it. We talked uh, about this. I knew I didn't like you for some reason, but from my days out. in LA, it's, at least I didn't become a Laker fan while I was there. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. And you know worse. what? I became a Clipper fan though. Just despite the Lakers, <laughs> <laughs> and that was when they were really, really, really bad. No, the Clippers. So my senior year of college was the year they traded for Elton Brand. Oh, so they were somewhat and decent. We got we got season tickets. To oh, that, that's right. You told me this for seventeen dollars a game, <laughs> lower bowl for the Clippers in the Staples Center. <laughs> and that was when the that was when the Lakers were championship. Kobe, Shaq. So we literally could have just sold the two Lakers Clippers tickets and paid the entire season. Yeah. And did you? No. We you went, just I went and watched. Yeah, I, want yeah. to see the, I want to see the Lakers play. <laughs> well, you uh, don't pass out a chance to see Shaq and Kobe. <laughs> right. For sure. I, I'm supposed to hate the Dodgers, but every year I find myself kind of pulling for them. I wish they could get over that hump and get it done. The baseball is better when the Dodgers are good. We need to pay people more. Yeah, that that would be that would be helpful. <laughs> the um The whole playoff uh, – conversation i was listening to big show yesterday and off gordon's article i think it's criminal that he didn't think the stanley cup playoffs were the best uh playoff system in in sports i think that the way (laughs) hockey does it is great because it's such a tough sport and and to have to play seven games Mm -hmm. there and Nothing ever goes to plan in the NHL playoffs. Every team has a shot. You look at what the Tampa Bay Lightning did last year, yeah. being the President's Trophy winners and getting swept in the first round. So I think that the NHL playoffs are criminally underrated. I know we don't have an NHL team here, but I think they're the best playoffs. As much as I love the NFL playoffs, I like the NA, and I think the one and done works for football. I really like the way that. The um, you like series. I, yeah. I like the way mm-hmm. the NHL like is they, set up. I, to I do seven. like how they recede. The NBA needs to do that. Uh, the NBA just threw that out. Yeah. of their uh, considerations. This is horrible. They yeah, need to terrible. recede, right? Like, Eric, so, you're right. I love I love hockey playoffs. I do, and I love hockey. But I'm a hockey fan, right. and I think the general fan of sports out there would pick NBA or NFL probably. To I be do think the, the best M- playoffs. NBA playoffs needs to be shortened just a little bit. Five game series. I think. Mm. I would just take. 20 games off the regular season myself. I like the seven-game series because it makes it so there's not a fluke. It's the best team wins. Yeah, like A five-game series, like, 
sometimes the guys could be a couple of bad games or some gets hurt for a couple of games. Like they used to do the first round five games. And there were all those, those little upsets. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, good good discussion. It's a it's not a bad time to be a sports fan. No. Right now. So enjoy the NFL playoffs. Uh, all right, we teased it before the break, Jeff. Tesla has done something that, for some reason, has me more mad than anything else they've ever done. And no, it's not Elon's uh, dancing, although that was offensive. Uh, that was that really was not good. <laughs> that was a really was bad, bad moment. Uh, I guess when you have billions of dollars, you can do whatever you want. You can dance however you like, and you're still going to do okay out there in the world. I've seen better dance moves from the car wash blow-up uh, uh, balloon guy <laughs> with his arms flaying around than what Elon Musk was right, doing. But what did, what did Tesla do to make you mad? So in, they, they this, this time. So Evelyn tweeted on December 30th at Elon Musk, Will you spend New Year's Eve at Boca Chica? Because Elon Musk said, we're going to get these cars delivered to you before the end of the year, before midnight, so that you can take advantage of what tax credit is left. And so all these people were given appointment times at the Fremont factory to come in and pick up their vehicle before the new year. Nobody got a new vehicle before the new year. Because they weren't there? They weren't made. They weren't ready. Elon Musk didn't show up. Other people didn't show up to deliver the cars to them. There is hundreds of people in line to get their cars, and nobody got a car before midnight. So they don't get the tax credit. Wow, that's bad. That really, really bothers me, especially because they went to the trouble of— ma- So, like, the, the, for one example here, uh, this, this woman, uh, where, where did her name go? Her last name's Fader. Uh, during her test drive— Fader told the salesman she was flying back east on December 17th and was concerned about the credit. The next day, she received an email from the salesman that said, Once the financing is complete, it is my job to track a car for you by the 17th before you leave for the East Coast. When she didn't hear back, she emailed on December 13th asking for an estimated delivery date. He responded the 20th. She flew to New Jersey on the 17th as planned but came home early to get the tax credit. On December 18th, she got a tax text saying she could pick up her car on the 19th and should confirm the appointment or request a callback. She, uh, she said, I asked about her December 30 or 31st pickup date when I'd be back in town. They told me not to worry and that I should contact them when I got back. She pay, then paid $300 to change her return ticket on the airplane to Saturday, December 28th. On the morning of the 30th, she started calling any Tesla number she could find, finally reached a person who said, yes, she did have an appointment to pick up her car on New Year's Eve at 8 p.m. at the factory in Fremont. She got a, a ride out there to the factory. When they got to the plant a little before 8, they were stunned to see hundreds of people waiting in line. Everyone also in line had an 8 p.m. appointment. So they had told all of these people, December 31st, 8 p.m., your appointment to pick up your car. None of them got their cars. Hmm. And they're still they're still looking for answers and responses from Tesla. Interesting if they'll do the right thing and like just cover the break themselves. The the break of the, the twelve hundred dollar tax credit or whatever was not left gonna it. happen. Not hmm. gonna happen. You think that would happen? No. From a company that tells hundreds of their paying customers you have an appointment December thirty first to eight PM and then no one is there to fulfill they that. They got appointment? a toy Tesla though. They got a toy Tesla. Yep. Mm-hmm. Passed those out. Uh, they said she said that she was offered no apology. 
no accommodation for the long cold wait and losing the tax credit. The delivery man suggested she ask for rubber floor mats. Always the floor mat clothes. Because she finally got her car <laughs> delivered on Tuesday. So, Tuesday, what would that be? The first? Uh-huh. Was the was the Oh no, sorry. This this past Tuesday she finally got later. delivered. Jeez. Uh, no tax credit. Yep, for sure. But hey, ask for floor mats. They'll they'll ship those out to you yeah. uh, with collect on delivery probably. <laughs> Unfreaking believable. Why are people still buying into Tesla? Why do people still follow this this clown? It's doing pretty well. I know, I know. I, I feed the, the machine. It's, it's the Trump effect. It is very similar. Well, I'll just need to stop talking about I it. I feed the machine. We'll just stop talking about it. Uh, have you heard much about smart roads, Jeff Miller? In what regard? So this is from Las Vegas. Doesn't traffic just kind of ruin your day, especially when it's unexpected and makes you late? But what if you knew about congestion long before you hit it on the road? And what if it decreased significantly? A new technology could soon make that a reality in Utah. Uh, the most new vehicles on the road today are connected to the Internet via a cell chip in the car. So what they're uh, suggesting is instead of, I'm sure if you've ever been uh, following Google Maps anywhere, it asks, is this accident still here mm -hmm. as you pass a point? And then if, you, if you're not driving, of course, you say, yes, it's still here, or no, it's not. And that's how they gather their information. Well, this is suggesting that the car itself would be smart enough to learn if that is still there and send that feedback back to the GPS, to the traffic cameras, to all, this, all these uh, databases so that when you get in your car, it automatically finds the quickest, safest route to, where you're, to your destination. You don't have to tell it, okay, I yeah. want to go this route. It's cool. So that's like ways, but... Everyone, it is like Waze. But everyone builds it. So if everyone's on Waze, it does the same thing, right? It tells right. you where the traffic is, where the mm -hmm. flow is. And basically, if you decide you want to be on Waze and use their information, you have to agree to give them the information from your car as you drive. Right, right. Yeah. So it's telling the Waze all the time how fast your car's going, where traffic is, whatever. The neat thing about that, I was reading that uh, same article on KSL, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. There, Where they're talking about the connected vehicle corridors they built. Yeah. So Utah actually built the first connected vehicle corridor in the nation. It's on Redwood Road right now. Down in Utah County, right? No, there's another one. There's one in Utah County in University Parkway and University Avenue. Mm -hmm. And then there's one in Redwood Road in Salt Lake. Okay. So what it does is that radios embedded in buses on these routes communicate with sensors along the road. If a bus is running late, the system can extend a green light to help it get back on schedule without forcing the bus driver to do anything outside their normal duties. When snowplows clear the road, the system makes sure they have green lights the whole way to operate more efficiently. For the snowplow. The snowplow. So and snowplows it's not, in the system, so it basically it extends the green light so the snowplow doesn't have to stop. And it's not somebody with a camera at UDOT's headquarters changing those to it's green. Automatically where they know, so they know when this bus was supposed to show up at this bus station. If it's 30 seconds behind, it can change the light traffic to make the bus go faster. That is amazing. How cool is that? How would they measure snowfall? That's my question. It doesn't measure snowfall is that the, when they know when the plows are out, because the plow's got oh, a sensor okay. in it, so if the plow's driving down Redwood Road, and they, it passes they, my, my assumption is, they, they won't tell it on here, I, I assume they embed the same technology into the police cars and fire engines. So have you ever seen those white things on top of the things, the, those little white cylinders on top of lights? On top of those the, are for, the siren lights? Uh -huh, those are for fire engines. 
it's why people there's an old myth where you could do flash your lights going brights going to a light and it would change the light. That still and, works and, and, and it yeah. works in certain lights because yeah. what it does is that's what fire engines do and it changes the lights so a car can get going. I see. So that's wow. an actual real thing. But now they're doing it with radio transmitters. It just sent my assumption that I assume fire engines and things like that are on this program too. If they're so, not, they ought to be. So if a fire yeah. engine comes around the corner and it's going down Redwood Road, all the lights are going to change to green for them. Yeah. That, this is great. It's amazing. This it's is so terrific. cool. And uh, who who do I pay a yearly fee to so that I can also get a sensor on my vehicle? That makes the little light screen for you. <laughs> yes. yes. I will pay half my half my earnings for yeah, something Three or four like years that. from now, you're going to find out some UTA guy has a, has one of those sensors built into his Honda Civic. I've never heard, <laughs> Absolutely. The, I've never heard the thing about flashing your brights. Now I'm like really curious. You've never done that? No. Yeah, you flash your brights going to a light at night, late at night. When there's no one around, it works in the day too. Yeah, you flash your lights, you'll, you'll all of a sudden you'll see the light change. Wow. You have to do it at the right distance yeah. so that the sensor on the but that's what those thing little white catches it. It's on top of the the light pole or the the traffic light. Yeah, give this a try. Yeah, you got to try it now. Please don't do it when there's traffic coming towards you. Yeah. That you blind somebody. And also speaking of uh, emergency vehicles, if you're on the freeway and there's an emergency vehicle. Coming up behind you with its lights on, what are you supposed to do? Pull over to the right. If you're on the freeway? Mm-hmm. You're supposed to move over to the right lane as fast as you can and get as out As safely way. and if, yeah. as efficiently as you can. You are not supposed to pull into the shoulder and stop like you would on a city street. Correct? Yeah. I know. We did our UDOT testing the other day. I don't know if that was one of the questions. Because just this week, I saw several people. There was a... There was a highway patrolman that passed us. I was coming southbound. He was going, or they were going northbound. And then they, I saw them in my rear view use that flip around part, in the break in the median, turn their lights on and start coming. And so I, you know, got over uh, to the next lane as fast as I could. And the person in front of me slammed on their brakes to move in to to move into the shoulder, like they were on a city street. And I thought, a, first of all, you could have caused another accident and b good luck ever getting back on the freeway how are you going to get enough speed to to merge onto the freeway if you're stuck there on the shoulder Ah, anyway so please just know know that if you're on the city street move over and stop if you're on the freeway slow down and get out of the way it's that easy it's really simple there you go but sometimes the simple becomes stupid all right uh udot has launched a sticker program for canyon drivers to pre-check snow tires and chains. We've talked about this on the show several times, Jeff, the fees that you now have to pay. To go to, up Cottonwood Canyon. To go up Cottonwood Canyon. Uh, and you have to have all-wheel drive or snow chains, right? If it's snowing. Uh, snow tires if yeah. it's snowing. Well, worker, this is also from Jason Lee of KSL. Workers and residents in the Cottonwood Canyons may have an easier path to work and home thanks to a new program aimed at reducing congestion on powder days, the pow, bro, the pow, pow, pow day. Let's get up there and shred some pow. Uh, the State Department of Transportation and Unified Police Department on Wednesday launched a pilot program they believe will help improve traffic during major snow events in big and little Cottonwood Canyons. The agencies hosted an inspection and sticker distribution event where Canyon residents and resort employees were able to have their vehicles checked to ensure they were in compliance with the snow tire and chain requirements. Vehicles that passed this inspection were issued a free sticker 
that enables them to bypass field inspections when the traction law is in effect on, of course, heavy snow days. The program was developed for people who travel up and down the canyons with the most frequency, said John Gleason of UDOT, such as residents of Alta, Brighton, and employees of the ski resorts and nearby businesses. This is this is great. This is this is a a solution for the people who this affects the absolute most. Yeah. Because totally. these people that live or work, work. up there. They work up there. They're there every day. They should be the ones who get it. They, I really think they should change it so rather – it's because 5,000 people, I think, can get it, right? Something like that. Oh, is it capped? I, I didn't get that far 5, into it. 5,000 or something like that on the pilot program. Okay. They should limit 4, it. 4,500. Yeah. You should have to oh, show well, yeah. mm-hmm. initially for the first like month of the program, you should have to be able to show that you work there or live there. Okay. They shouldn't just let anybody go in there and get it because like, they're going to go skiing once a week. Right, yeah, yeah. It needs to be uh, somehow. How would you do that? Check your pay stub. Yeah, bring easy, a bring easy. a show utility us, bill. Yeah, show me a pay stub from Alta Snowbird, one of the canyons, or mm-hmm. show me your show me your utility bill, showing you live there, or your car registration, or something. There's easy ways to figure that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. true. By the way, I'm looking at the uh, Utah DPS driver handbook, and according to the DPS driver handbook, even if you're on the freeway. You're supposed to pull over and stop your vehicle. What? Until an emergency vehicle has passed. Really? So I was and the if one you're doing con- it wrong. And if you're convicted for not making a lane change or slowing down when approach when a stop vehicle is coming, you actually have the requirement is you have to attend a four hour live classroom defensive driver's course within ninety days mm-hmm. of conviction. If you mm-hmm. fail to attend, your license is suspended. Oh. So we are supposed to slam on our brakes. You probably should do it in a nice Cause more pile-ups. But you're supposed to and, pull over. And stop and pull you're over. You're supposed to pull over the side of the road. That is so stupid. Stop. That is so backward. One, one, there's five lanes. Five. Five lanes of traffic careening down the freeway at anywhere between 60 and 89 miles an hour. And we're all supposed to stop and get over as far as we can to the right at a dead stop so that the cop. Or fire truck or ambulance can go by. That doesn't make any that sense. That is correct. That's wrong. That needs to be changed. Call our senators and congressmen. We got to change this now because that's going to cause more issues. If you if you just get out of the lane and let them s- buy, what's the problem? Really? I'm just telling you the law, man. No, that's silliness. Just just trying to help you with the law. Trying to keep you out of trouble. Cuff me. Take me. <laughs> put trying, me in cement. Just trying to keep you out of trouble. <laughs> People have been trying to do that for years, Jeff, and it, it hasn't worked. But I appreciate it. So, But we do need to, in all seriousness, we need to make sure we're giving the right information to people. So you are supposed to. That's why I wanted to make sure to keep come to a stop. causing trouble on Utah's freeways <laughs> every day. I did get a speeding ticket last weekend coming in here. I haven't had a speeding ticket in a long time. I hadn't either. In fact, he pulled me over, and uh, when he came back, uh, he said, you know, I was going to give you a warning, but you got a warning in 2018. And I was like, well, that was two years ago, man. I two le- years. I haven't learned. I haven't been pulled over in two years. That's what that means because it's and the he, next time you say, get pulled you, over. You want a cookie? No. I'm not supposed to get pulled over. <laughs> Stop okay, breaking Chris the law. Rock. Yeah, but really, <laughs> when, uh, when they give you a warning, they log it, and the next time you get pulled over, it's a ticket. It had been two years since I'd been pulled That's over. That's the definition of a warning, Austin. But, <laughs> but it's a it's a, perpe- uh, a, a perpetual warning for the rest of my life? What if I didn't get pulled over for 60 years 
the next time I got pulled over, I'm sure they would have had a new computer system by then. (laughs) They wouldn't have remembered your warning. (laughs) Uh, The car would have been driving itself, is what you're saying. I think so. All right, it's Utah Car Sense presented by Mark Miller, or or, yeah, Mark Miller Subaru. Uh, He's Jeff Miller. I'm Austin Horton. Coming up uh, in the second hour, we got to get into this inland port authority decision that a, a judge came down with. Subaru's new edition of the Forester. Did you hear about this in Singapore? This is a great story. Has a bit of a NSFW on its hands. It's not a Subaru. <laughs> oh, let's talk about it now. We got, yeah, Let, we got 10 let's, minutes. let's set this straight. So this was on Fox News's front page too. Like this isn't like on some crazy weird blog, although eh. <laughs> you could argue. Sorry. This is on far. everyone's grandma's news website, yes. But anyway, is that at a Singapore auto show, <laughs> there it was a special edition Subaru that was called the... I got to get the exact name. I got it. The Forester. Now pay attention to the first letters of each word here. The Forester Ultimate Customized Kit Special Edition. So special edition is one the word. S- in F- this case. Ah, la, la, la. We, I don't think we can spell We can spell? It. I don't think we can. Do you have to balance this up by uh, spell it? Uh, let, let's, I, don't, I, I don't think we you're can. You're a properly trained producer, right? I, no, I trained him. He's not properly trained. I'm not trained. properly no, that's right. trained. If you were trained by Austin, you definitely don't know the rules. <laughs> he knows the on and off button, <laughs> I, I is, hope. It is the Forrester Ultimate Customized Kit Special <laughs> Edition. Which... You're telling me it's for a not bad word. It, it, it flips the flips edition. Well, it's not a Subaru. It's some distributor out of Singapore made some special model without getting approved by anybody. Oh, this is not and from Subaru. They put it out there like Subaru put out like Subaru America. And they're like these Americans with their bad standards. Like this has nothing to do with Subaru America. This was just one. And it's kind of cool looking car. It is actually really really sexy. It's really cool. Cool blue with some we red got a custom, trim. We got a customized four on our show on floor right now. I'm going back to the store this afternoon and renaming it. Are you, what, what are you going to name it, Jeff? The F-U-C. <laughs> beep, beep. You Americans with your low morals. With your low morals and standards. Fox News is on you. I saw it on the New York Post, which is just Same as bad. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I thought it was pretty funny. And I've, I've really wanted to funny. make sure to get your reaction to that. Cause, so this was this was like a, like a Top Gear type thing in in the philippines right the, this guy redid this himself and yeah, named it this himself a distributor that, like, just to be funny but they did park it at the in the booth of subaru like somebody had to walk up to that car and be like oh this is a bad idea especially considering the entire booth's written in english mm. mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. not like it's like written in it's, but this was not a commissioned release from subaru of america no. Tom Dahl did not approve of this message. I will guarantee you Tom Dahl did not know about this message <laughs> okay. that came out and was pretty angry. <laughs> I would as well. All right. Uh, 855-340-ZONE if you want to be part of the show. 855-340-ZONE. We'd love to hear from you. Get in on the uh, movie passes uh, by calling and sharing a question or story with us. Why construction won't cause major delays in downtown Salt Lake City? This is a bit of breaking news coming up next right here on Utah Car Sense.